Good morning, Alan, and good morning to your listeners. I'm sure you'd like also to join me, and I, I, know, I think you will understand, Brendan, at this point in time I can't say any sure. further, but we will discuss it tomorrow. I'm sure you'd like to si- share your sympathies as well with the Absolutely. loss of this cyclist. Very tragic, very I mean, sad. It, it, is, it is quite clearly a, a terrible tragedy for a family concerned, but I fully understand your reticence and you want to um, yeah. uh, give the space for this to be debated in, in, the, in the way it should be. I have spoken to Phil Skelton, who will join me tomorrow on the programme. Um, um, Phil is an active campaigner for cyclists all around the country. Brendan, let's just look back on what we've just heard there from the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. Um, there seem to be a lot of positive suggestion, but is this aspirational? Or you were listening there, or do, do you feel that there is substance of what he said to me? Or what's your view of what you've just heard, please? Well, I was waiting for this, the concrete commitment. This is going to happen, and I got very little of that. It was like as if the minister is a commentator from the outside, not the driver, not the deliverer. Um, some, of them, some of what he had to say is profoundly disappointing. The MRI that we were promised years ago, announced to happen on the way, is now apparently he's going to get moving on it and fund it over the next few budgets, which means not in the lifetime of the current government. Uh, and it really is annoying when you hear that uh, he's lauding a fantastic and welcome development in Kilkenny, which is now built and operating. But Wexford was to move in footstep, in lockstep with Kilkenny. But we haven't got ours. That's really annoying. The 96-bed uh, unit, again, get moving. That's a famous uh, and obviously popular uh, phrase of the minister. He's got to get moving. What the hell does that mean? Uh, we don't have a commitment. Uh, and tokenistic 100,000 been allocated to projects uh, that cost multiples of millions means that it's simply uh, a standstill, nothing really happening. So mm. from that point of view, it really is uh, depressing. And I think a lot of us in Wexford are really concerned about the mental health situation. And if you recall, in all the debate, um, you're around long enough, uh, Alan, if you'll forgive me saying it, to remember the debates post St. Sennans when we moved to a different paradigm of delivering of mental health. And we were promised then an acute unit at Wexford General Hospital. Uh, that has never been delivered, and we need to ensure that it is. Uh, the notion that the minister, in response to your question on that commitment, said he's going to have a conversation with Minister Butler. Hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's just nothing at all. That's not going to happen uh, in, in any uh, timeline. Right. So all these, all these things are, uh, as I say, like the observations of somebody who hasn't come to Wexford to say, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to deliver. It is as if he was commenting from the outside with no controls of the levers of power. And of course he has, he's the minister, he controls the budget, he directs what happens, uh, as I know, because we delivered on the maternity unit, on the uh, acute hospital uh, emergency unit and all the other things that we needed to deliver on. We need to have that political focus again. Right. I mean, he did. Like, if you look at some of the positives, uh, gynecological mm. issues, which were, was raised by Johnny Maiden, he, he, he gave yep. some definite positive news there. He also mentioned about the €400,000 going in to upgrade the maternity services. So th- there were positives yep. there. But no, I, I, the, 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 There's a national policy, uh, which is a very welcome national policy, 
on gynecological care, which will provide across all acute hospitals that sort of work a walk-in service for women, mm. uh, rather than being sent to numerous uh, locations for a variety of diagnostic treatment. That's absolutely welcome uh, and an important part of yeah. of national policy. Yeah, but the other area which every given day, every given week, at least two or three people from either the voluntary bodies, concerned parents, our local councillors will contact me about their disgust at the delay in sorting out our mental health issues. For example, the very first text I got this morning came from Raymond Shannon. Now, there's a lot of comments coming in at the moment. uh, And I just want to see, can I just go back and get Raymond's uh, text there? Um, Well, we know Raymond has has championed the issue of mental health uh, for years on end. I have it here here now, Brendan. I have it. It says, thank you for highlighting mental health. There has been no adult psychologist in Summerhill since December. That's no adult talk therapy since December. I I know the government have announced a new psychologist for CAMS picking up the post in June have also announced a third CAMS team for County Wexford I have no date when that's supposed to happen but Brendan the, the big issue is this nine bed unit like when yeah. I pressed him on that he has much and I'm not, I, I, my understanding of it is he has much as said yeah we do need one but he didn't commit to giving us one so what do we do now do we start the fight to get this well I mean when I heard him saying I wrote down uh, in response to your question about an acute unit, the nine-bedded unit you're talking about, is that he will have a conversation about it with the Minister of State for Mental Health. Now, that's not in any way a commitment to do anything other than talk about it uh, to a junior minister. That, you know, the Minister for Health char- is in charge of the budget. And if the commitment to provide uh, an, an acute unit with its own staff, its own consultant psychiatrist, uh, as part of a general staff of Wexford General Hospital so that mental health is treated like every other illness. Yeah. Um, if that's to be delivered upon, um, we, don't, we didn't hear any commitment at all. But you also mentioned, uh, Raymond mentioned, mentioned um, the staffing issues in relation to CAMS. This is a critical national issue and I, I have to say that I give, I give some leeway to the government because I know they are desperately anxious to recruit people. But we've seen the crisis that has uh, happened in South Kerry. Uh, the scandal, in truth, that has happened in South Kerry uh, when uh, inappropriate diagnosis and treatment was meted out. We absolutely need to have a laser focus on the staffing requirements and do whatever we need on a global basis uh, to find the appropriately trained staff uh, across all our um, child and adolescent mental health services and across the country, but particularly in our region. Well, I will be forwarding a copy of the interview I took with him because I did say I'd come back to him about the mental health issue because it was raised so many times by so many people before I met him and there's only a certain number of questions you can get to him in a situation like that. But definitely uh, the feeling is, and he did did say, he he answered quite clearly that it is not right for a young person from County Wexford to find themselves in the unit down in Waterford. And we've had so many parents' contacts. That is simply not right, is it? No, it's not, and I've dealt with, with, fa- with such families in my own office uh, who are distraught um, by having to do that. Uh, there should be a bespoke unit in Wexford, and we will have to fight ever harder, as we have done in the past, for other facilities for Wexford General. Uh, we wouldn't have a hospital at all if it wasn't for the campaigning efforts of yourselves and people like you uh, to ensure that the hospital uh, is there and is of um, national uh, uh, world-class now let's look at the other word, uh, other issue where aspirational was said to me because yep. it, we, we, we broke the story here on Southeast Radio. Um, I have a lot of time for Glenn Carr. I think he's a go-ahead man. 
but yet many people who analysed what he said to me on a Friday on this very programme said, yeah, it sounds absolutely fantastic, but where's the details? So for those who are sceptical and say, yeah, great pipe dream, if it happens, if, but, when, people want to know, will it actually happen? What do you think? Well, I have a huge time for Glenn Carr as well. I think he's a breath of fresh air, a driver uh, for progress finally in the harbour. And we needed somebody within the Irish rail system to be a champion uh, for the harbour. Um, there are two answers to your question. Uh, the first part of the question is a very significant uh, investment is underway. And that's what uh, you announced, if you recall, talking to me uh, in December uh, which was the Brexit Adjustment Fund money, which is 150 million euros, uh, provided 100%, by the way, from the European Union, uh, from the European Commission, to help us to deal with the issue of Brexit. But that will be transformative, and it is hoped that construction work will start by August of this year, and that 150 million euros has to be spent by the end of 2024. And that will make it a very modern port. It will put in a new computerization system, making it the most computerized um, port, certainly in Ireland, and one of the most computerized in Europe. Uh, it will uh, create new marshalling areas, new fencing, new port controls, and new customs facilities all within the port. That will be a hugely welcome and transforming investment. That much is in the bag because it's European money that's going to happen. The second phase of it, which probably is the more exciting phase, which is to change Rosslayer into Ireland's offshore renewable energy hub, uh, the port that will service uh, the building and construction of offshore wind, which is now all the more critical because of uh, our demand to decarbonise not only for the for the climate change uh, uh, sake and uh, for the planet's sake, but also because we need to, to divest ourselves of our dependence on Russian oil and gas. So we need to build offshore turbines, and Wexford through Rosslare should be the um, the centre point of developing and servicing those over the next number of years. The plan is to invest two. Hello, are you there, Brendan? Yeah, we still got you. Yeah, can you... Yeah, yeah, we just dropped you there. You said the plan is to invest what, please? Yeah, uh, the plan is to invest 200 million euros. This is on top of the 150 million that's in the bag. This is m- more um, uncertain, I have to say, because this is required to do the reclamation, to build the facilities that would allow um, offshore energy uh, to be uh, harnessed and supported from, from Ross Lair. Um, this is going to be a commercial investment. Um, I've spoken to the, uh, both the chairman and the chief executive of Irish Rail about this. They have applied for European funding, co-funding as well, through the Connecting Europe uh, Fund. And they're also applying for the Strategic Investment Fund, a fund that, in fact, I, I created myself in government, um, for investment in domestic projects that can deliver jobs. Um, but also there would have to be significant private sector investment. There was a number of private sector uh, investors represented at the launch on Friday. Right. So I think it, it will happen. I, I think that um, we can see a complete transformation. And I have to say, I went away from last mayor more positive about right. the announcements and the drive than I have been at any announcement 
uh, in Rosslare in, in decades, to be truthful. So, I mean, you're in opposition at the moment, so the point is, mm. as you as in opposition, you can analyse these things, I suppose, when, yeah. when you're, it's a different scenario when you're like the Minister for Health, when you have the purse strings, etc., yeah. which you have had, uh, but, but mm. as an opposition spokesperson, looking from the outside in, you believe that this can happen? Well, the first phase of it is happening because, as I say, it's committed European money. And I've spoken directly to the European Commissioner and her Chief of Staff to confirm that the money is there. And I've already, um, it's already committed and allocated. It's in, if you like, the Irish yeah. government's coffers. So that is simply waiting for the tender to be uh, uh, announced. Hopefully within the next fortnight, so we'll get back onto Glencar in two, weeks, two or three weeks' time, once the tender is um, signed, then we should see construction work on phase one, which is 150 million euros, which will be transformative and important right. by August. The second phase, as I say, um, again, a tight timeline between now and 2025 to do the reclamation, to do the planning, to get the foreshore license. Yeah. And I know that I've spoken to Glenn and I've spoken to uh, the, the department that deals with foreshore licenses. Uh, processes are already underway uh, to get that going. So I think there is a momentum behind this, and we all, opposition and government, should put our collective shoulders to deliver this, which will transform Rosslare, create, you know, potentially 2,000 jobs, nothing like it, in the region, yeah. uh, and be, be a driver for economic growth for the next 30, 40 or 50 years. We conclude by referring back to the last time you and I spoke, which was a few weeks ago, and you were on the borders of Ukraine. You weren't far from Odessa. You join us now on this Monday morning where the situation in Ukraine is worsening, and uh, you've had a chance to analyse it for us. Where are we at with this? Now, I haven't spoken to Alexander, who's our link into Ukraine, and I believe there's a young man from Enniscorthy who's actually over there as well that we're trying to touch base with. But uh, uh, having had a chance to analyse what's happened in the last 48 hours, what do you think is happening? Well, it's hugely depressing. Um, as you heard over the weekend, a Russian general has announced that the revised plans of Putin is to capture all of the Donbass region, which is the eastern part of the Ukraine, and make it Russian, but also to uh, annex all of the southern part of Ukraine from Mariupol, which we've heard so much about, that poor, benighted, beleaguered city that have suffered unimaginable pain, right across to the city of Odessa, and linking into Moldova, where I was, uh, and into an area that the Russians already controlled there, called Transnistria, to create, if you like, an expanded Russian empire that virtually surrounds Ukraine. Uh, the idea, obviously, is to make Ukraine unviable as a state. Um, that will be a catastrophe. Um, the battles and the blood that will be spilt, in, if, if that is his endeavor, uh, will be monumental. Uh, and the number of um, refugees that will flood, uh, I, as, I, as I said, when I spoke to you from Palenka on the Ukrainian border um, with Moldova, they expect if Odessa was attacked, and remember Odessa was attacked over the weekend with rockets, if Odessa was attacked, 100,000 people a day will cross from Ukraine through Palenka into Moldova, which is already a country that has taken 400,000 refugees. But it would not be able to cope with that. Its neighbour, Romania, would take some of the pressure off it. 
but it would be a humanitarian disaster and we all have to be prepared for that.